Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Murder Happy Hour. I'm Morgan. And I'm Amber. And here we are. We are here. And so are you. Everyone's here. That's great. <laughs> what, you, what you guys been up to? In the past seven days. Yeah. Since we heard from you last. Yeah. Hope this Wednesday's treating you well. Yes. Hump day. So, today's case is a listener suggestion. Yes. Um, and it is about a cold case that was solved using DNA. So, excuse me while I nerd out this whole time because I am so obsessed. Yeah, I, I like the DNA stuff. stuff too for sure, but you're pretty. This is my rabbit hole. Yeah. That I've, I got, traveled I've down. got lots of rabbit holes. <laughs> I love, though, I've had pe- a couple people text me. After we did the whole um, Scientology episode. Oh, yeah. And they're like, I fell down the frickin' rabbit hole. <laughs> and I'm like, I told you. You're welcome. And they're like, oh, my God, it's the weirdest thing ever. I'm like, I know. I know. I know. Exactly. You ain't got to tell me, honey. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, if you if you ever check out our sources, this one has, like, two articles on this case and, like, 75 on forensic genealogy. But... <laughs> Hey, it's interesting. Yeah, that's fine. So, we are taking you back to 1968. Yes. Um, 60-year-old Gwen Miller was raped and strangled um, in her home in Rapid City, South Dakota. South Dakota. So, let's just... Here's a little background on Gwen, because her life is... um, pretty interesting i don't have a ton on it but she was very interesting she was a independent woman exactly like i don't know her but i love her um so gwen was born in 1908 on a farm in south dakota um i don't have much on her childhood or anything like that but i think it was pretty normal um she was obviously very smart and hardworking because she went to um, south dakota state college which is now sdsu um, and studied pharmacy and microbiology. Yeah, she was smart. Yeah, which is so awesome because back in those days, it was what probably let's you see, st- you stayed home and you cooked and cleaned. Yes, like you were a housewife, or if you did go to school for something, mm-hmm. like you were a teacher. Like yeah, you went to school to be a teacher or a secretary. Yes, and I mean that's great. Yeah, like, there's nothing for, wrong yeah, with Yeah, that. that's awesome. But like you just didn't hear about like career women really no, predominantly back then. Ever. Um, so yeah, so she worked at a few pharmacies in South Dakota. Um, she moved to Rapid City in 1945, and she ended up being the head pharmacist at Bennett Clarkson Memorial Hospital, which is now um, Rapid City Regional Hospital. Which so, is so cool. Like breaking all the glass ceilings. Yeah, like, I love it. Gonna, and like never married, never had kids. Nope, like yep. she just was that cool aunt. Yeah, Literally, exactly. she was, like, the quintessential cool yes, aunt. Yes, she was. And she was, like, she owned her own house. She owned a 66 Chevy Super Sport. Yeah, she built her, like, she had this house built for her, like, exactly what she wanted. Which is awesome. Like, this girl knows what she wants. But, yeah, and she also just, like, had a lot of fun hobbies. Like, she liked to cook. She, um... Had a rose, had a rose garden. garden. Yeah. Um, and her family said she was independent and confident. Hey, and I just love great. it. Like, you go, girl. That's so great. Um, her Beyonce would be good friends, <laughs> I think. 
So, um, she actually also, like, along with that, like, you know, she's got no husband, no kids. She's got all this money. Rich. She, yeah, she was vacationing all the time, having a great time. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> um, so It's a little late for me for that. <laughs> okay you could be the cool mom instead of the cool aunt yeah, but i mean i'm a pretty cool mom hold I off think, on your vacations for a few years <laughs> as i'm researching clearwater beach <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she had a vacation planned for february 25th 1968 um and it was canceled i think due to the weather or something like that so she was like man i got some vacation time anyway um she called a relative and was going to go plan to visit her yeah, instead. Yeah, so cool. Like, let me just hop on a plane and yeah. I'll be there. Yeah, I guess she, like, flew all the time. Be there in a jiff. Yep, exactly. Um, but unfortunately, this happened to be the last time that the family ever heard from her. Was mm-hmm. this call to whoever this relative was that he yep. was going to visit. Um, so then February 29th, a few days later, um, she was supposed to be back at work. And she didn't show up, and her coworkers were immediately concerned. Not because, totally not like her. Yeah, and she also she had diabetes, so they were oh. like, "Oh, like somebody better go check on her. Like, hopefully she didn't the diabetes." Yeah, like they wanted to make sure she was okay. So, like, also she had great coworkers. Yeah, like, she had a lot of good people. In yeah, her life. they. I don't know if they just like went in or how they got in the house. I'm not sure, but they found her lying in her bed, and it looked like. I mean, they. I think they knew she was dead, but it looked like she had died in her sleep. Yep. She was covered up, like, no sign of a struggle. Um, but then they did discover that there was a window broken in yep. the back of her And then house. didn't they, when they pulled back her covers, it was... Yeah, it was a different story. No bueno. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then the um, police were... started to investigate. They found that she had been raped. Um, she had... Broken neck, broken ribs. Um, oh, yeah. So they determined that she was strangled. Yeah, strangled Poor to death. Lady. And there was actually like a ton of um, different law enforcement agencies that were working on this. It was the Rapid City Police, the Pennington County Sheriff's Office, the South Dakota Division of Criminal Investigations, and evidence was even sent to the FBI. Wow. Yeah. So, like, this is just. Again, like, so long ago, kind of unheard of. Like, you hear of so many, like, botched investigations Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, all those Podunk City police, like, didn't handle it right. But it sounds like they handled everything really really well. And they got fingerprints. They even got a semen sample. Oh, good. Yeah, and, like, I mean, back then they didn't have... The technology. No, but Mm -hmm. they, like, knew enough to take it to, you know, preserve it or whatever. Um, And they did keep it properly... And, um, it was actually, that's what, yeah, like it was analyzed a few different times, a few different years, but, um, it ended up finding her killer. Um, so anyway, so they had all this evidence, but nothing really to, they didn't find anything. Yeah. They didn't find anything from that. So they just did their regular investigation, um, a neighbor, they talked to a neighbor who said that a taxi had dropped someone off at her house, but then they found that to not be true. And then I'm not entirely sure how they came to 
list this guy named Michael Beckers as a suspect, but they focused on him, and he was yeah. the main suspect. He had, like, made advances towards her yeah. before when she worked at his pharmacy, and he was, they were like, nah. Yeah, he was, like, I don't know, kind of just, like, one of those creepy dudes who, yeah. like, was hitting on her, and she was like, no, I ain't here for this. <laughs> I don't have time for you. <laughs> and I guess he was often drunk and used taxis to get around. Yeah. I so. mean, at least he wasn't drunk driving. <laughs> right. So I think maybe it was, like, that link to the taxi at first, probably, but then that probably, was not yeah. true. I don't know. They didn't have enough evidence anyway to ever arrest him or convict him or anything. Yeah. And so that kind of ended it, the case. And it was cold level. for 50 years. Yeah, which is such a long time. That is such a long time for a case to be cold. And then the, like actually figuring it out after 50 plus years yes like i just yeah it's crazy so in 2016 um detective wayne keith he is a retired detective but he like works part-time yeah on cold cases um he like started looking at it again um interviewed over 100 people um there was like 25 possible suspects cleared them all like was really yep. doing his due diligence. Um, and then he ended up sending the DNA from that semen sample off to California. California. Yeah. Um, so they were able to... Um, what's the word? Profile A- the DNA. Yeah, analyze, analyze. the DNA. <laughs> so they were able to analyze the DNA um, and found that it was a male... Uh, Northern European or British, and then they were, they, like, compared it to a genealogy website, and (coughs) it matched um, DNA from family, a field family. Yeah. So, the detective, like, looked through all these old directories of family names and addresses and stuff like that, and, like, compiled a list of all the people with Uh the last name of Field from a certain, you know, like, the time frame around when she lived there and stuff. Um, And they narrowed it down to um, a man named Eugene Carroll Field, who would have been 25 years old at the time. And I think there was... It was, like, him and his brother were the two that the DNA could have matched to. So they got the brother's DNA... And tested it, and then it looked like the DNA, like, 99% likely that it... Yeah, it, what was it, 99.23%? Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah, that it was, like, Eugene and not his brother, or his dad, and then they didn't have any sons, so they were able to pretty easily figure out that it was yeah. Eugene. He was never a suspect no, back in the day. No, just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Unfortunately, they couldn't arrest him at this time, because he was dead. Karma got him. Yes. He died, I think, a terrible death of throat cancer. Yeah, basically, like, smothered to death. Yeah. Shoot. There's something to be said about karma as well. Salty bee. Also, like, really unfortunate that this guy... Yes. There's really... live his life. Yep, and and there's no real reason why. No, there's no motive. um, Other than... And, like, is this the only crime he committed? Right. That's a great question. I mean... It seems Typically, you don't just rape and murder somebody once. No, but then again, it's like if he knew her, you would think he would be on the radar uh-huh. as somebody as a... Poly- I mean, it sounds like they had a ton of possible suspects. So, yeah, it's like you wonder if yep. he was out. And they maybe didn't have DNA from the other crimes. And there's yeah, probably maybe. other cold cases that this um, 
could be. I don't know. It's worth noting, too, that this detective put in between four and 5,000 hours of work on Holy this case. Smokes. That is a lot of freaking work. <laughs> and he's part-time. Yeah, part-time. <laughs> Take you a long time to get through that. So he's dedicated. Yes. Good job, detective. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's just pretty cool that they had they got all this closure after 50 years mm-hmm. of... Of not knowing what happened to this poor yep. lady. So. And they inter- he interviewed over a hundred people to do with this case. That's like... A so, hundred people. And how... I mean, that's got to be so hard, too, like 50 years later. Because yeah. I'm sure there's tons of people that are dead, mm-hmm. too. So think of all Talking those. to families or this or that. Right, yeah. So that's kind of it um, on this case, which is pretty cool. Um... It's probably one of the lesser known, I guess, cases yeah. that's been solved using um, DNA profiling and forensic genealogy. So um, this is where the rabbit hole came in. <laughs> and I, Entering the rabbit hole. Yeah, seriously. Like, DNA is crazy. Like, and you just hear DNA, 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 but it's like, what does it even mean? So Wikipedia defines <laughs> forensic genealogy as the emerging practice of utilizing genetic information from direct-to-consumer companies for identifying suspects of victims in criminal cases, which is basically, like, sending the DNA they have off to, like, the public sites that people upload their DNA or, like, send their DNA to and matching it to solve crimes. And this is super new, like, within the past few years. The past year, it's really taken Mm -hmm. off. Yeah, like, some of the cases, like, you've probably heard of the Golden State Killer case, Joseph D'Angelo, he was um, just convicted using forensic genealogy. Um, There's a few other kind of popular ones, the April Tinsley case, which is like a whole, like I could, we could probably do a whole other episode on her at some point, but she was murdered um, back in 1988, and... Then in 2015, they started working with, like, this lab um, that took DNA and would, yep. like, um, do sketches of criminals based off of the DNA, like, what, right. they, what they probably yep. look like. Um, and then... Which, wouldn't that be quite a job? I think that would be so interesting, like, so cool. Um, and so they ended up narrowing down that DNA to brothers and, like, going, I think this is one where they got his DNA from trash and were able to test oh, yeah. it and match it. And, like, they arrested him and he confessed to the murder. And it was, like, again, like, just kind of this random guy who you, they, like, didn't even know. And how does it connected. just happen once? Yes, exactly. Maybe we'll talk about April, Kins- yeah. April Tinsley within the, one of the next coming weeks. Yeah, because that one's super interesting. Yeah. Like, so many things. Maybe we can. On. But, yeah, so there's, like, a few other cases, too, that have been found. Or even, like, there was one where some guy was wrongfully accused of it. Yes. But then they tested his DNA, and it wasn't a match. Right. So he got off because yeah. of that. Um, but, yeah, so this DNA is so interesting. Like, um, if you guys aren't super nerds like me, you can just, like, end this episode now. But if you want to hear about the history of DNA, <laughs> come on in. <laughs> um, so, interestingly, DNA was actually discovered in 1869. Um, 
And it was kind of not until 1953 when they really discovered, like, the structure of DNA and kind of how it worked and started, um, you know, really knowing how it, like, came into play in the human body and stuff like that. Um, But then, so they, like, knew it existed this whole time. And I think, like, I think it's cool that they took all this stuff in the cases back then, even though they didn't know what it would do or what it would lead to because it wasn't until, like, the mid-90s that they really got into it. Yeah. And even then, it was, like, super primitive. Like, you needed, like, a super large sample of, like, blood or semen or... Any... Something. Yeah, something from the body. Um, Whereas now, they can, like, take it off a piece of clothing. Yeah, literally, like, like anything. Like, the tiniest piece, like a skin cell. Yeah. I think they can take it off of. Um, so, yeah, so they came up um, in 1998 with CODIS, which if you are into true crime, CODIS you probably is the know. goat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, basically, it's like this DNA indexing system where they collect, anytime you're arrested, of a, arrested and booked, yep. I believe, you get your DNA. Yep. They swab you and collect your DNA. So, I mean, it's not like a perfect system because obviously there's like tons and tons of people out there that, that aren't, aren't arrested. arrested. Yeah. Yeah, but they still, they have like 16, over 16 million people in, in this database. system. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so that's kind of like a little brief history of DNA. But then now, just recently, um, they've started using. Like, things like JedMatch and even, like, 23andMe, Ancestry.com, yes. mm-hmm. like, those different websites where people are, you know, they're just like, oh, cool, like, I'm going to go look up my DNA, see my family history mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but you can opt in to have it sent off to these. Yep. Um, to be tested in cases or, like, to right. have your, yeah, to, like, release your DNA, basically. Yep. Um, and so there is, like, a huge, like... They don't really know how to go about this. Like, people are, like, concerned about privacy issues and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, whatever. Like, take my DNA. Like, if if you arrest my third cousin someday, I guess they had it coming. Like, (laughs) so, yeah. So, as of July of 2019, they have discovered over 40 suspects of murder and sexual assaults. Wow. With this technology. Yeah, it's a lot because that's, like, it's only basically a few months of them doing this yeah so and i don't know i just think it's like not only murder but like you always hear about like all these rape kits that are collected and like just sitting in evidence and never get tested and like how many potential cases could be solved using this yeah so yeah well maybe make april tinsley one of our yeah that one's a cool dna case yeah that'll float in nice with this Mm -hmm. so that'll be coming your way we could talk about DNA for days, but we'll yeah. save you all the... All the science. <clears throat> but if you ever are just, you know, bored one afternoon and feel like Googling stuff, forensic genealogy, man. It's interesting. Hop, hop on that Google. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. We'll we see you guys next week. Yeah. Till then, stay safe. Lock your freaking doors. Bye. Bye.